Hello, this is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters radio show. Today, we are talking with Dana Bristol-Smith, who is the founder of Speak for Success Women's Leadership Institute in San Diego, California. Hi, Dana. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Angela. Thanks for inviting I uh, learned about you through Facebook, of course, and noticed that you were trying to um, help train individuals to learn about domestic violence and how to deal with that situation. And before we go into that or talk about the Institute, I would love if you could share with our listeners some of your background and history and how that kind of evolved to what you're doing today. Sure, I'd, I'd be happy to. Well, let me see. How far back should I go? Um, I, I think I'll give you a, a little bit of a streamlined version. Um, if I if I look back from this point in time, I can now understand how every everything that I've done in my career has, has led up to this time of founding the Women's Leadership Institute, but I had no idea um, originally where I was headed. Mm-hmm. And you know, if I look back almost everything that I've done has been activities or jobs that have helped people build self-confidence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I look all the way back, I was 20 years old, and I was working for one of the cosmetic companies, and I was demonstrating makeup in the department store. And from that, I got another cosmetic company, and I was all of a sudden training the women who worked behind the counter, and I was doing um, makeup workshops mm-hmm. for their clients. And, you know, that's definitely kind of helping women feel better more from the outside. Um, and now what I'm doing is helping women feel better from the inside. And I think it's just so incredibly important because when we've got that level of self-confidence, and self-esteem, all kinds of doors open and all kinds of opportunities show up for us. And, you know, that's been true. Yeah, that's been really true in my life as well. Mm -hmm. I would say so. I have to agree with that. And that is such a great point. And I think it's true, too, to say that, you know, the outside and the inside are important because it does matter how we feel about the way we look, you know, our clothes, our makeup and things like that. And obviously in our society, that holds some weight in how others view us. Yes, absolutely. Um, It was back in 2001, I started Speak for Success. And what, and actually in 2003, I wrote my book called Overcome Your Fear of Public Speaking. And I never really thought that I was going to become a public speaker um, because I had so much anxiety and so much nervousness about doing it. But it became, it was, you know, like a lot of people, it's suddenly something that you're asked to do for your job. Mm -hmm. And I was actually, I was hired by a company that provided programs to schools, and it was a multicultural program designed to help kids learn about kids and other cultures and see other cultures more as interesting rather than just different. And the ultimate goal of the program was to help the kids be able to get along better. And I know that, you know, everything that's going on in the news right now about bullying, Mm -hmm. you know, that all comes from, um, you know, people being different, you know, people being taken advantage of. And, you know, it starts so young in childhood. So this was actually a program to help prevent that from happening in schools. So I felt so passionately about the topic that when I was asked to give a student assembly program, I kind of 
I tried to put all of my fears aside mm-hmm. and just go and <laughs> deliver deliver the student assembly program. Um, but what I experienced there was, you know, almost feeling like I was going to die right on the spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, my heart was beating so fast. My knees were shaking. My voice was shaky. You know, it was just about having a panic attack standing up in front of an audience of 155th and grade students. Somehow I got through this program and I, I looked at my watch and I'd given a 40-minute presentation in under 20 minutes. Oh, wow. And I, and I had gotten all the words out. I had done a, a really terrible job, um, but I had gotten through my fear. I'm not going to say I overcame my fear. I had kind of walked through it. And what happened after that is because giving student assemblies became part of my job on a regular basis. So I had to learn how to manage the fear. I had to learn how to be present, be with the audience of students, whether it was 100 or 500 students and teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and fortunately, I, I learned how to do it, but I learned how by making a lot of mistakes along the way. Mm-hmm. And if I, so I can fast forward from six years after giving my first student assembly program, I started speak for success. No, actually, that's wrong. It was about nine years after. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't a quick thing that happened. Right. Um, but it was, yeah, but it was definitely, definitely a journey to learn how to do it and then to go back to school. Um, I joined Toastmasters. It did everything that I could to really learn how to be an effective speaker and then realized that if I could learn how to do that, then I could teach others how to do it. And hopefully without the pain and without the humiliation of making all your mistakes out in public. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And I think you're right. I mean, especially nowadays, it seems like more and more people are asked to speak or to do a webinar or a video of some sort. And it does take some experience and knowledge to be able to do that. And at the same time, to have that personality, if you will, or build up that confidence within yourself where you don't feel that fear or that self-esteem issue of, I just can't do this. It's just not my thing. So I think that's awesome. And is that when you wrote the book, when you first started the Institute? I did. And that's actually before I started the Women's Leadership Institute. I started Speak for Success. um, And it was to work with professionals and business leaders Mm -hmm. who had to give presentations as part of their job. So that was back in 2001. And what happened in 2007 that led me to the direction of the Women's Leadership Institute was I got a call from the Oprah magazine. Mm -hmm. And they had found me because I'd written an article about business communication and delivery. And they found an article that I'd written and wanted me. And at first I thought, you know, it was a friend playing a joke on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was on the Oprah magazine, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't. And, and I ended up being interviewed and an article came out later in 2007, but it really got me thinking about something that had been in the back of my mind for a long time. And that was just, to work with women um, because I had seen the transformation that happens Mm -hmm. when women build self-confidence and how, you know, they start being looked at and listened to in a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, they become much more influential. People see them as leaders and they really get a lot more respect Mm -hmm. um, when they have that level of self-confidence. And, from that, I developed a program to help women build self-confidence 
from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And at first, um, you know, I just thought, well, you know, it's going to be a 10 session program and we're really going to be able to see this transformation that happens and using public speaking as the vehicle to help women do this. Um, through a series of events and actually interviews, um, someone that I had interviewed suggested the idea of, and she said, Dana, have you ever thought about working with domestic violence victims? Mm-hmm. And I was so I was so naive at the time um, that I said, well, no, I haven't, and I actually don't even know if I know anyone who's a domestic violence victim. Mm-hmm. And so that was the beginning of 2007, and what I found out in a very short period of time is that I actually knew a lot of women who had that in their experience, because as I started doing some investigating, learning about domestic violence, learning about how common it is, mm-hmm. I can't tell you the number of friends, the number of associates who started sharing with me that they had, had it in their background. It was either the family they grew up in, it was an early relationship when they were a teenager, or maybe in college, uh, maybe even a first husband. And I was just shocked mm-hmm. to find out how many people I knew. And I had just been living this very sheltered life because it wasn't in my direct experience. You know, just always in the work that I've done, I've always been drawn to helping people mm-hmm. and helping people who haven't had, you know, haven't had a voice. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I've been so, so drawn to this area because I think about what happens to a woman who is in an abusive relationship and how she stops listening to her own inner voice. Mm-hmm. And she really, you know, in that kind of that guidance that we all have. And mm-hmm. um, she stops listening to that because the voices on the outside are so much louder. Mm-hmm. And so can be so much more controlling. And life can end up being, you know, a very difficult situation. And for women, you know, in extremely abusive environments where their life is threatened, you know, it's, it just becomes really, really tragic mm-hmm. that they are so abused and, and so to the point of they no longer listen to themselves and they kind of forget who they are and their direction in life. You know, I really saw this as an opportunity to do a whole lot of good with a program that I had developed and I've been really, really amazed and really thrilled with the results that we've been able to see with the women who've come through our programs. Mm-hmm. And I would say that that is a really key thing to point out is that there's so many people who have others around them, sometimes within your own family, extended family usually, um, where there's something going on and you just don't know about it because we don't create the dialogue to start talking about these different things. And I think that's part of Your Story Matters radio show's mission is to just help create dialogue about a lot of things that we still are not talking about enough or not realizing that our own neighbors, our coworkers, whoever can be facing a multitude of challenges and we may very well be able to help them or support them or at least um, find resources for them to turn their life around, if you will. And I think the other part that I would say to what you mentioned is that Many times when children suffer um, domestic violence, they don't find their voice in the first place. So I think that, too, is a good point to bring up, is that not only is it helping people to 
refine their voice. It's some people need to find the voice that they never had, the opportunity to say something about how they feel and what they think and what they want and need. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there's a lot of power when we can share our experiences. And I think that was, you know, why I was so drawn to me being you with, you know, your, your story matters because what we're doing through the program is we're not only helping women build confidence and share their stories in private, but we're helping them share their experiences in public Mm -hmm. so that they can now be part of really a movement and it's a movement to prevent and end violence. So by sharing their stories out in public, and, and that's part of our program, we have a 10-week leadership intensive, and then the following nine months, the women participate in our Graduate Speakers Bureau. And every month, they go out into the community to do community outreach programs where they share their stories, and they share what they've learned that's made a difference in their lives. Mm-hmm. And they teach that to others. So they go and they speak at schools, they speak at organizations, they speak at domestic violence shelters to women who are, you know, just starting to rebuild their, themselves and their lives by sharing their stories. What our graduates do is they not only continue their own healing and their own empowerment, but now they're using that story as a vehicle to help others. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's wonderful. That was obviously what drew me to what you were doing. And of course, I have a heart for um, domestic violence and for promoting, you know, really creating uh, more discussion about it and helping people to understand that some of the people we would think are the least likely to be enduring that or have endured that are the ones who are usually living in a very silent and lonely world who need to be able to express what they've been through to find that healing. And like you said, what awesome way to um, wrap it all up and share that with other people so that they know there's hope, that there's something beyond that life or that situation that you may be in. Yes, and you know, our voices are so powerful that you know, I, th- I think about Lena, she was one of our graduates from our pilot program in 2008. And today in 2010, she's the director of our Graduate Speakers Bureau. And, you know, Lena always says that, you know, she would have heard someone like her mm-hmm. when she was still in the relationship and when she was still you know, going back and forth and really not knowing that she could survive outside of the relationship. She would have heard one like herself. It would have made it easier to leave earlier. Mm-hmm. So our, our voices are so, so important because they can help others who don't yet have the courage or don't yet have the strength or just don't see yet that there's a way out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So tell me on your journey then, because you talked about going into this new career and, and needing to be able to stand up and speak, what did that do for you as far as the obvious, which was becoming a better speaker and being able to share your experiences in your book and now train others were there things in your personal life or other areas of your professional life that really expanded or were able to go in another direction because you were able to find your own voice and feel confident in your speaking abilities? You know, being being a speaker and really being passionate about helping others through the work that I do, I, I get all kinds of invitations these days um, to speak to groups, to meet all kinds of wonderful people. 
And, you know, the way that I'm using speaking now, you know, is to educate, is to empower, and is to fundraise. Because what I've, so I started in the for-profit world in, you know, 2001 with Speak for Success as my own company. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, so definitely having the, the confidence to have my own business. Uh, I certainly would not have had that confidence before you know, learning the public speaking and, you know, really being able to share this with others in a way that empowers them in their own lives. So it's definitely enabled me to have my own business and to be successful. Um, And today, you know, as I go out and I speak to groups and raise funds to be able to help more women, you know, it enables me to do that as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I never would have met, ima- I never would have imagined that this is what I would be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I was just going to I, ask I, you that. Do you think that what you're doing now is your true calling and, and you're living your life purpose? I, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there, there was a question that I used to ask myself because yeah, I, I mentioned earlier that I never really knew that this is where I would end up and mm-hmm. I didn't really understand is I went from job to job and I had been laid off four times in my Mm -hmm. career Mm -hmm. and you know each time I really looking at okay what what is it that I really want to do and I I started asking this question and the question was was the highest and best use of Dana Mm. and that was a question that I lived with for a long time and I'm not asking that question anymore because mm-hmm. I've, 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 I've answered it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's a really powerful question because I really wanted to be experiencing, you know, life in the way, in the fullest way, in the richest way, and in the way where I could use my scal- my talents and my mm-hmm. skills in a way that serves the, the way that serves the greater good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, doing that, I've I found my. I, mean, I think. Um, you know, people can call it the, the sweet spot or you call it the zone or mm-hmm. the place where kind of everything comes together. Um, what I've been amazed by is in doing this work, how many people want to help, mm-hmm. um, how many, you know, how many women want to be able to be mentors to our graduates, how many people step forward and want to be financial contributors because, you know, somewhere back in their history, they had a friend or they had a relative who was in an abusive situation that they couldn't help. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now at this time, you know, where they're in for whatever reason, a, a better place in their own lives, um, they can reach out and they can help. And it just so many people that want to support this work. I mean, they, they know how important it is and how life changing mm-hmm. it is. And I think that's a, an important point to bring up because I always say that there's always something that we can do. We can each do something each day, really, to help change lives and make a positive impact on others. And sometimes by just, you know, starting conversation or sharing a smile, it will really help someone to have, feel a little bit better to get through their day. Sometimes these conversations, as you know, lead to opening up things that they weren't able to share otherwise or to helping them find some support. And what I like about everything that you're saying here, and of course, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I've worked with the Family Justice Center in Tampa, which is based out of San Diego, that places and people like you, organizations like yours, 
aren't here to put a Band-Aid on the situation. What you're trying to do is really build up the individual and create change within them and at the same time create awareness to a very devastating situation that still happens all the time here, um, everywhere, but um, domestic violence of course is prevalent and actually has been growing. And so it's so important, I think, that people realize that we're not here to, you know, band-aid the situation or just pat someone on the shoulder. We really want to lift them up and empower them to get their own voice and their own strength to deal with the situation that they're in. Yep. And, you know, what I've been so surprised by as, you know, as I've been learning about all of, all of the services and and all of the resources that are available to women, you know, there's great organizations. Our fiscal partner and sponsor is the YWCA of San Diego County. And it's the YWCA has been here in San Diego for more than 100 years. And they provide counseling and emergency shelter and transitional housing for families, you know, for women who've been victims, for women in recovery, and you know, all kinds of wonderful services. And there are a lot of organizations, and you know, just here in San Diego, we've got 12 community partners, including the Family Justice Center, and you know many others that provide the same type of services, counseling and support and shelter. But it seems that where they stop is when a woman is kind of just out of survival mode. You know, they help her get back on her feet. And then there really isn't any other program or service that helps her really excel in her life, that helps her really find her purpose and her direction and her path so that she can really become who she is meant to be and who she has the potential to be. Um, and that's where we come in. So we're, we're serving a huge unmet need that, uh, you know, it just continues to surprise me how many women can use a program like ours and how it can really help them improve and transform their lives. So, Dana, can you tell the listeners again the name of your book and where they might contact you to find out about your program, um, Speak for Success Women's Leadership Institute? Sure. The website is called speakforsuccesswomenleaders.org. And all of the information on our program is located there. And my book, Overcome Your Fear of Public Speaking, is located at my corporate website, which is called speakforsuccess.com. And it's speakforsuccess.com. So there's, there's two different websites today. But that book, for any of your listeners who might be... Uh, nervous and anxious about public speaking, it's a, a great, uh, it's actually a manual, an interactive manual with exercises and stories along the way to help people walk, walk through their fear um, in a way that's very gentle, in a way that's very supportive. Mm -hmm. That sounds great. I love that idea. And of course, anybody could use that um, in business, sometimes even in their personal lives to help build up that ability to speak and share their message and use their voice. Yes, most definitely. 
And, you know, Angela, even though I'm here in San Diego, and as of right now, we're we're just doing this program here in San Diego, what my vision is is to be able to certify other trainers and other coaches to deliver this program in their own cities across the country. And we're not there yet because we're still, you know, building building up ourselves as an organization. Um, in the future, we will be offering a train-the-trainer program. Because um, as I mentioned, this is such a huge unmet need, and to date I really haven't found anything like what we're doing anywhere across the country. Mm-hmm. I think that's great, and that was going to be my other question is, what you might have available online or what the future holds for the organization. And I definitely see, like you said, the need is there. Now it's just making those connections and getting others across the U.S. to um, take on some of the role of providing the training and doing somewhat of what you're doing. And I think it's just awesome, Dana, what you're doing for others and how your story has evolved into such an amazing um, help and encouragement and support for others who have suffered and Mm -hmm. really need to find their voice and use it. And I thank you so much for participating today on your Story Matters radio show, and I wish you the best in all your future endeavors. Oh, thank you, Angela. Thank you so much, and it's been a pleasure to speak with you.